I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklercane.com and download our episodes for free on iTunes and SoundCloud. To the bumper. So today on the Imperfect Podcast, we're talking to editor-in-chief Manan de Reaper from Film Inquiry. She's got a really unique perspective on films. She started this as a personal film blog and now has over 100 people on staff. She's doing something really different. It's completely um, crowdfunded and independently financed. And she's competing with the big dog. She's competing with Variety and Deadline and, you know, IndieWire and these other sites that are putting out content. And she's doing it a little bit different, I think, because of her uh, unique background in criminology. She has a unique take on films. And um, when we got to talk to her, she's just super intelligent. Um, And I think, uh, you know, you're going to learn a lot from her. Yeah, she didn't waste any time right out of school, right to creating the company. So it was pretty impressive. And she yeah. seems very humble too. I mean, she's just not some. She's not like out there gloating. Whatever. She's like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it. Also, a screenwriter looking to push other projects forward as well. Exactly, which I think is going to be interesting. I hope she gets one of her uh, movies produced. She just participated in a contest um, with Screencraft and went the distance. Yeah, uh, a she got bit. into the uh, semifinals, semifinals, quarter semi quarterfinals. quarterfinals. Sorry, quarterfinals. But, uh, good, you know, really, really good stuff. And I think she's going to continue to be um, a shining star in the film industry that you're going to see around for a while. So let's, let's hear from Manon. Manon, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Thanks for joining us today all the way from Australia. <laughs> yes. Thank but, you so much for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. Glad you uh, can make it on a Friday night. What time is it over there? You guys complete 12-hour difference, 9 a.m.? Yeah, 9 a.m. That's yeah. right. All right, so you're bright and early. We're we're tired and want to go to bed, but <laughs> <laughs> she's just starting out today. You're just getting your day going. Where in the US are you then? We're in New York. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, on Long Island, right outside New York City. Have you been to New York before? I have, yeah. Oh, excellent. In uh, 2008, so a fair while ago. I mean, uh, by now, yeah. Oh, very cool. None of us have actually made it down under, although it was it is an interest for me. I would love to get down there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally worth the 20, 24 hours of flying. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. The, the sights have to be beautiful. Um, before we get um, rolling, I just want to give a shout out to Brandon Waits over at Mixnology and Film Empire for, um, you know, recommending you for an interview tonight and all that good stuff. So how do you know Brandon, yeah. by the way? Um, I don't know. Uh, we just... The internet, I guess. It's the magic of the internet. Magic of social <laughs> um, media. Exactly. So we just got to talk at some point, and um, we turned out we got along quite well. So um, we've been chatting about a lot, and um, so about filmmaking and his um, film contest that he's running now with the Film Empire. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just... Uh, entrepreneurs trying to make it in Hollywood, I guess. So that's uh, that's how we're just uh, being friends and trying to help each other along. Yeah, Yeah, of course. The, the common bond of uh, the filmmaker. We're the same. That's how we met Brandon. And um, yeah. we actually recorded their event when they came to New York, when they did their Mixnology event oh, in New yeah. York. But let's get into your stuff. Um, film Inquiry is your magazine, your online magazine. Um, yep. When did you get the idea for this? How long has it been around? 
Oh, gosh. Uh, so I founded <coughs> Film Magazine pretty much like my um, personal little film blog where I was doing my amateurish film reviews things uh, because I had just graduated from university and I was doing some research. Uh, I was graduating in criminology and I was um, studying some, uh, like, it's still the most geeky thing ever, but uh, the, I was looking at how uh, dystopian science fiction film uh, presents some of, like, future effects of, like, real-life policies. So mm. foreigners and, um, I don't know, mostly, like, crime-related as well, so uh, punishment and uh, stuff like that. And I was really enjoying that, like, Loved it. It was the best time of my life. And I wanted to keep doing film because I'd actually always wanted to get into film because it was my biggest passion. But I, I don't know, family and friends recommended me not to go to film school. But I still <laughs> ended up making everything about film anyway. So uh, my criminology um, thesis was about film. And uh, so that's when I founded um, my little blog and that, you know, people liked it. And I wanted to involve more people because I knew if you have more people, you can do more. Mm -hmm. So um, that's uh, the ball started rolling. And that was uh, early 2014. Mm -hmm. So um, and that's um, yeah, so ever since we've just been study publishing stuff and uh, and not too much either. I, I don't want to publish too much because I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I sometimes get overwhelmed with how much some of these big magazines uh, push out. Like the the amount of content is quite overwhelming sometimes. Like so ten like ten reviews to... per day. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we wanted to to keep the content minimal, I guess, but the the actual articles bigger. So they it gives us the uh, opportunity to go a little bit more in depth and explore one film a little bit deeper. And, um, yeah, just, um, you know, and, and that's been working pretty well. And more and more people are signing up to, to join us to ride. Also, a lot of people who have told me that they're pretty disillusioned with current online film journalism as well. Like, we really want to be able to talk about film a little bit more than just uh, Marvel's Easter eggs or, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. And I feel like uh, more people are picking up on it now. So I'm, I'm really stoked and excited that finally all the hard work is paying off. Excellent. Now, it's funny. Um, since you mentioned it, we're all pressed for time. So how do you decide which films you write about? Honestly, though, at this point, I have the luxury of having a team of like 100 people. So it's not so I have a combined uh, amount of time, I guess. So um, I I personally don't review that many films anymore. So when I do like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this little YouTube series of my own started where I just quickly go over some films that I've seen recently. Um, but I mean, even for me, like picking the films that I want to watch every day is starting to become a bit of a challenge just because it's, it's, it's starting to get so busy. And, but I feel like I have this responsibility to watch movies. So, mm -hmm. you know, right. Well, how is it being at the center of like, you know, you have, a, you said over a hundred people that you're working with that are submitting and putting in articles here. Um, you're kind of at the center of it. What kind of, what is like the daily um, grind for that? Like, what do you do each day for that type of thing? Oh, 
Well, um, I do have to say I, I set it up pretty smooth to, so that it works pretty smoothly now. So when um, so what I do pretty much um, is I um, coordinate when we get like reviews uh, or when filmmakers ask us to review films, mm -hmm. then I make sure that my team knows that this film is available for review. And they let me know if they want to review it. Then I request a screener. Then I get the screener to them. They write their review. We have um, a few editors go over it. And I'm always the final one who then looks it over for the final bits and, you know, bits and pieces. And then I publish it. And um, or we have a pretty strict schedule that we adhere to. Mm -hmm. So I, I make sure that the schedule is filled in. All the time slots are properly filled and um, then the whole social media thing, which I thankfully have some help for now as well. So that, you know, it, it, it's it's a lot of work, but it's also fun. So that's, yeah, well, that's you're running. And uh, for for some for like other articles that we do, just general features. It's mostly just the the all the writers pitching their really good ideas, and usually it's like, oh, this is a great idea, so go ahead, have fun, <laughs> and then uh, they deliver great work. Yeah, so you basically just jumped into running your own company right after university. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I um, so uh, I, I moved to uh, Australia with my partner, and he got a job here. And I was hoping that I'd be do, be able to do something with my criminology degree here, but and he'll it was a whole um, well a complex thing, and it didn't really turn out the way I wanted. But I'm not really one to sit still, so I just wanted to do something. So it was my chance to jump into the whole film thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And where does your love of films come from? I mean, were you, as a child, just engrossed by movies or television? Um, any any favorite movies that you could think of it from your childhood? Yeah, film uh, in particular. My dad was very much into films, and um, he would always, well, my mom too, actually, but they both were into film a lot, and uh, they'd always take us to the movies, like uh, on Christmas Day, for instance, we wouldn't really go to church or anything. Instead, we'd go to the movies. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was that was our thing, so to say, so to speak. And um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it just uh, stuck with me throughout my life when I started exploring film myself when I got a little older. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, the same story for everyone, I feel. It's like always the parents who, who make their kids love movies, so... Sure, of course, yeah. And um, just as a remembrance, and it's it's only been uh, three years or so, do you remember the first article you published on the site? I think it was probably uh, a review of um, um, Elysium. Was it called Elysium? It was um, the, the film by uh, the South African director. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, from District 9. Oh, with uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, exactly. And everyone was like raging on it, how incredibly poor it was. But I thought it was pretty good. And I mm. wrote some a little bit of an essay about how the criminological aspects of it were really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I liked that as well. I did like that one. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah. it seems like you definitely have your own take on it because of your background in criminology. Um, how does that affect your right? How do you find that your degree and your background in that affects your writing? Well, it's definitely taught me to look a little further than just the actors' performances or, you know, the visuals or whatever. It's more 
Like I always want to explore the idea of a film more, like what are the filmmakers trying to tell us? Because we learn so much from film. Like most of the situations these characters find themselves in, we wouldn't ever find ourselves in, you know? Like they're just completely foreign to us. And um, seeing those things, it just teaches us a lot about life, I think. And um, so, yeah, it, that's... <coughs> Definitely the thing that I tried to explore with my degree, and it, it, that's definitely what it taught me, I guess, is just to, to explore a film mm -hmm. in a bit like more of analytical way, I'd say. Well, yeah. I think any filmmaker out there these days, we don't. no one who is a filmmaker looks at a film anymore and just goes, okay, I'm taking it for face value what it is. Everybody looks mm. at it and goes, okay, let me dissect this and rip it apart. And, and your particular view on it might be something, is definitely something a little different because of your background. Now we're looking at his filmmakers and going, okay, well, uh, th that camera shouldn't have been placed there. And we're being critical from that aspect of it, but you have a whole different view on it, which is really beautiful and really something different. It is, but I guess, you know, the, those aren't like separate things because the way in a, a camera is, is put into, you know, how it, mm -hmm. how things are framed definitely adds to an idea. It's the whole thing about how, if you, if you shoot someone from below, it kind of elevates the person, for instance. So it definitely has that, like, semiotic, um, it adds meaning to, um, you know. Um, no, absolutely. So it, all, just, it all connects. It all connects. Yeah, when exactly. you're making something artistic, the writing, the film, of course, it all connects. And you just have to be very perceptive to pick it up. That's what the art really right. is. That's why we write these type of articles, right? To express exactly. what right. we saw, the artisticness inside each film. So I think you do that pretty well. Now, tell us about Moral Treatment. This is one of your screenplays. What's going on with that? Hi. Moral Treatment. So, yeah, my screenplay, it's the... It's the I wrote a story... <laughs> It's, and and it's actually also kind of influenced by my my academic background. It says psychology. It's it's about a woman who um, she's a British royal and she had the privilege in. So this is set in the uh, late 1800s. So it's a Victorian era script or story, and uh, she has the privilege of receiving that edu education in in the UK. And she um, basically is married off to a rich guy in uh, the US to an industrialist son and uh, but she isn't really quite into the whole being a I don't know sense and sensibility type of mm -hmm. like really woman so she she starts to uh, uh, work at a local asylum because she is a psychiatrist and um, she uh, she pretty much just delves into um, the, the 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 late late nineteenth century asylum and the healthcare and or mental healthcare and it's it's quite fascinating because to me anyway because there's so many like really terrible horror films set in um, these <laughs> these type of asylums and I wanted to do kind of uh, the opposite of give a very realistic portrayal of of mental health and these issues and how people were treated back then so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. It's a, it's a little uh, out there, I suppose, but yeah. Would you say, how does it differ from like one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Do you know that one? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it was in a way, uh, quite influenced by that one. Um, it, 
I personally really, really loved One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because it's a, it's a little bit more of a realistic uh, portrayal of, of, of mental illness and um, also um, just the people in, in, or what a mental hospital was like back then. And uh, it does have like a big twist in the end and like moral treatment does. So, and, and, um, and I always say just like how screenwriters are supposed to do it. It's like a mix between One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Shutter Island. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, see, now you know what I'm talking uh, about. See, it's a, yeah, it's always that type of lingo, right? Like, exactly. Like the justice league meets, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, when you do a pitch, right, you got to do your log lines and, and all that. Time. I'm sure. Oh, so yeah. you submitted I, I, this. I, I, what was that? Sorry. I missed that. Oh, no, go ahead. I was saying you when you submitted this this screenplay to ScreenCraft, right, for a contest, and it's uh, making its way through to the semifinals, I believe, right? Yeah, but it didn't get in, unfortunately. Oh, oh <laughs> I okay. I just heard earlier this week. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. I got really, really great feedback, like, this is totally a movie that should be made, and um, you, you did such a great job, and... Well, some constructive criticism still that I use to improve it even more, but mm-hmm. you know, it didn't get in, and I felt like maybe it's just a little too progressive, maybe because no, it's mostly focused I on would, women. No, I, I would say no. Let's still make that. Don't give up on it just because one person didn't pick the oh, script, no, no. right? You definitely could still yeah. have this made. You just well, have to so find to anyone the who's right listening, we, we now are are promoting your new script that is going to be out there for yes, for for any producers, any producers looking producers. to pick up a script. There's a great uh, <laughs> screenplay written by Manon. Didn't do a great job at the script. Describing it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good. <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't you have to submit log lines and all that type of stuff for ScreenCraft when you submitted to the contest? Yeah, or no, they don't do it like that. Uh, I think I have like a um, uh, a letter with it to go with it, with a really short description, which I guess is your log line. Um, yeah, the summary of some sort, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no. did do that. I'm just not really good at remembering the logline word for word. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> now, was this is this your first attempt at a screenplay? No, it wasn't. But it was the first that I fully completed and did the whole editing thing and had better readers and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I did see yeah. the, your video on YouTube talking about um, submitting and completing this screenplay in one month. In right? one month, you wrote the entire screenplay, which. I think was great. Do you want to talk about that video and how it's been received? I think there was a lot of positive comments along with that video. Yeah, um, you know the, the the thing is, and it was a long, it was a challenge for me as well. Like, how do you get into the the mindset, I guess, of writing? Because writing can be such a, um, a well, you know, a, a mind suck. I guess it's it's just a lot to um, you need to put a lot of energy and creative energy into writing, and if you don't keep at it every day for, so I did it for 30 days, it's easy to get out of that again. So, um, it, it, and for me, so I did this NaNoWriMo thing. So the National Novel Writing Month and kind of adapted it to my own uh, needs. And uh, that really worked for me. And I was like traveling and working during that month still. But just because I had this goal of writing three pages a day, which is really um, doable. I'm, I finished writing 90 pages in that month and I already completed like 30 pages or something before that. So I came down, came down to 125 pages, I think in the end. And, um, you know, I had a, uh, and also the thing is that if you're focused on just writing, you don't have the time to go back and edit it like 
constantly like that's the thing mm-hmm. uh, you just keep going back and reading what you have and hate what you have because honestly that's mm-hmm. part of the whole thing and then you, you just keep editing it and you don't actually write anything new so that was also it really helped me in um, just keep writing not don't look back and just keep going it's, pro- it's probably a good plan right write the whole thing from start to finish give yourself a deadline then when you have time say okay now i'll make it better but the story is done so it's a great feeling yeah, exactly. to reach that point yeah. yeah oh my god when i when i finished those 30 days and i'd actually had the whole thing I was like, oh, I can do this. That <laughs> <laughs> already, it's so motivating. And then you can go back and hate on it all you want and improve it. But at least you have the, the thing. See, even you know? if you don't win at the contest, you really did because it gave you a structure of how to work. So you definitely come Absolutely. away with the reward. For the sure. thing is, though, these contests, like the, the ScreenCraft one, for me, it was my deadline. I had seen that the deadline was in January 15. That was just my goal. I figured... I. If I want to actually do this, I want to have like a concrete goal that I could work towards and submit the thing. Um, I've, you know, it was my first complete script. I wasn't thinking that I'd ever win. Obviously, I didn't, but I did make it to the quarterfinals, which I'm already pretty stoked about. Right. Especially if you consider that there's 2,000 p- submissions that they got. That's like, excellent. It doesn't even matter how good your screenplay is anymore at that point. I think, you know, it's it's more like a game of luck almost. So there's so many people who submit great work. If, if you know, it, it all depends on those few people and what appeals to them personally as well, I think. So, yeah. it's, you know, I still think there's probably an audience out there who might be interested in my story. So I also feel like um, just winning one contest isn't going to win you the Hollywood game. No. So, right. And that's part of it. I mean, now that you've had practice on that arena, you know, there's ways for you to go network. You've met people like Brandon. You meet other people in the industry. And, I mean, you're you're in it. I mean, you are you probably are connected to so many filmmakers and things like that at this point. Um, you know, the relationships matter. People want to work with people they know. That's oh, yeah. one of the things we've learned doing this podcast. We've made relationships with actors and other producers and screenwriters and all that in doing this. So, you know, same thing. Somebody that you meet may connect with that script and want to have it produced, you know, and it may go through a couple of script rewrites before then and <laughs> before, mm-hmm. before it's finalized. You never know. But uh, it also will give you the fuel to write another script. So. Absolutely. And that's also the thing that I've learned through film inquiry and um, just this whole screenplay submission thing is that it's more about the people you know. So I, I, I honestly quite feel for the people who feel that if they, they need to win one of these contests to, to make it because that's just not the way it works, I feel. You, you need to um, really, I mean, I'm in Perth, Australia, and I'm I'm trying to get to know people out there. So it's definitely possible. I mean, mm-hmm. um, my magazine has definitely helped me in that position because it's um, in a very casual way. I've gotten to lo- uh, know a lot of people, mm-hmm. and now it's like, hey, I got this screenplay. Maybe we can, you know, you can tell me of some people who might be interested or whatever. So I'm definitely in a privileged position in that sense because I already know a lot of people before. I even wrote this screenplay. Of course. And, uh, but yeah I, I, yeah, I definitely think that knowing people is, is oh, very, very important. Of course. Absolutely. Well, going back to film inquiry, what is the process or how can filmmakers get covered by film inquiry? Um, well, 
well, everyone can just basically send in their like request to be uh, reviewed to info at filminquiry.com. Mm -hmm. And I will always put these or put their request in front of the team. And um, it's up to them whether or not they pick it, of course. Um, it happens sometimes that just no one's interested and then it sort, sort of, you know, nothing happens. Sure. Uh, and we can never, like, that's something I do need to stipulate is that we cannot guarantee a positive review. <laughs> <So> <laughs> definitely, you may get your review, but you, you may, may not want it. <laughs> yeah. Just well, got yeah. to always be honest. That's true. Is there, Sorry, is there some sort of criteria that you look for for a film to stand out? Not at all. I try to put everything out there because I just want to, as I said, for there's a, there's um, an audience for every film. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I, I'm, I don't, I don't try to filter it, filter it in that sense. So I just offer it to my team and then they can decide. And that's a lot more people than just me, <laughs> you know, so then they can decide whether or not they are interested. So. Well, cause there's lots of, of different. Time sure. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, Manan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was like super interesting. I think your background is great. Um, you know, and your perspective on film certainly, um, you know, has proven itself to be uh, very popular with Film Inquiry. I mean, it's it's everybody knows who the site is, and um, you know, we're definitely fans as well. So, thanks again for coming on. Do you want to give out some social media handles or how people can get in touch with you or? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me again, and uh, it was a it was a blast. Cool. And uh, my um, social media stuff, well, at Film Inquiry, uh, so um, that's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then myself is uh, at Manon Reaper, and uh, mostly on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm trying to up my personal social or social media game, but <laughs> you know, it, it costs a lot of effort. Yeah. It does. It does. We know. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm really bad at it, so I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. <coughs> hey, so thanks again for coming on. I want to ask you one more last question. Just um, How are you on um, Rotten Tomatoes approved? Because I see that only your writing wow. is actually Rotten Tomatoes approved. It is. It is. Um, knowing the right people. <laughs> <laughs> Once Rel again, it brings it back. Right. It's all Networking. relationships. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, you do a great job. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much.